So here we are. Last day of 2023. So what? Tomorrow, first day of 2024. Now what? So I want to look at this prayerfully. It really is my heart that this is a beneficial time, beneficial day for us to be together like this. We realize that we're looking ahead. We should be. Hopefully we are. But sometimes those things behind us kind of hold on to us, kind of hold us back, as it were. And so the desire that I have today, and I'm asking the Holy Spirit to guide us in all this that we do, is to help us make that transition and do it in a godly way. So this scripture that Paul gives in Philippians chapter 3, I think helps with this and some others we're going to look at as well. Paul says, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that which is all that for which also I have laid hold of by Christ Jesus. You have to be very um, astute, as it were, to grasp the fact that Paul is saying, I have one focus in my life. And the thing that's so sad for us is we have many focuses in our lives, and because of that, we tend to be distracted on many occasions from what God really has for us to live and to walk out. But Paul had been through a lot of stuff, and he says, I've come to this place, and he's writing to the Philippians, and he's telling them, this is where I am. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, But the one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now that's the the challenge right there. Forgetting what lies behind. What lies behind for Paul? His religiosity, his education, his having been the up-and-coming, as it were, in his religious organization. But all the other things of life, he says, those things really, I'm going to put behind me. So I thought about that, and I want to give us two biblical lists this morning to help us with this. Because sometimes we can be a little too abstract, not trying to call people out by name. I wouldn't do that, so you know. Well, I might do that with Gary, but only Gary. (laughs) True, I do like your hat. But I want to look at an Old Testament scripture and then a New Testament scripture. And remember, as I read these, it isn't that God is trying to give us an extensive list. It's helping us categorize things so we can be more mindful of how our life is to be lived. So the first one is is in Proverbs chapter 6. It's not up here for you. You have to look it up yourself. Sorry. Beginning in verse 16. There are six things which the Lord hates, yes, seven, which are an abomination to him. So this is God saying through the writer of Proverbs, this is what I hate. 
I don't know about you, but anytime I read something in the scripture and God says, I hate this, then I want to do everything and anything I possibly can in my power so those things are not in my life. Look what it says. Haughty eyes. Pride is such a... Man, it gets us, doesn't it? And the interesting thing is we can be so prideful about stuff that we have nothing to do with. For example, let's say, for argument's sake, that I was a very handsome young man. I was, but that's beside the point. (laughs) What did I do to accomplish that? Or let's suppose that I was born into a family that was a very wealthy family. What did I do? As Sheila and I have been keeping up with different news feeds over the holidays, with different events around the world, and we would ask ourselves, how did we get chosen by God to live in this country? We didn't do it. God did that. So the truth of the matter is, there should be no pride. Now, don't misunderstand me. You can be an attractive person, and I'm guessing you can make it better. I've never tried that myself, but I'm sure it works. You can be very intelligent, and you can certainly study and prepare and increase that, which is a very good thing, and we should all be diligent about that, particularly about the Word of God. But when it comes to pride, it's time to lay it all down. God says, I, I hate those haughty, eye, haughty eyes. That's when you look into somebody else. And you kind of, yeah. <laughs> I'm just a little bit better than them. I know I am. For whatever reason. And as I just tried to point out, for the most part, you didn't do anything about, didn't do anything to accomplish. A lying tongue. Please don't raise your hand. How many of you are aware that you tell lies? Anybody here? You see, if any of us ever say anything that isn't true, that's a lie. Oh, but that's just a little white lie. I'm sorry. I've read this for a long time. Can't find that one in there. It's either true or it isn't. God says, I hate haughty eyes. I hate a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. In my lifetime, in my ministry life, I've had two murderers confess to me that they killed somebody and they got off. And you're sitting here, but I never did that. I wasn't, I wouldn't kill somebody. Well, this is where we have to look back at the haughty eyes and the lying tongue and say, well, have you ever assassinated somebody else's character? In other words, have you talked about them in ways that are demeaning? God's not in it, folks. Now, I'm bringing these things up. I want to give us some very specific things to look at. So when we talk about laying them aside, as Paul did in his scripture, of redirecting our focus, if that's an issue for us, 
to put those things behind us because God, God never intended for us to carry those things in our life. He never intended for us to participate, but many of us have made those choices to do so. In the next verse, in verse 18, it says, A heart that devises wicked plans. You know, we plan things that will cause heart, harm and hurt for others. Feet that run rapidly to evil. How does that work? Oh, I'm, I'm kind of trucking along and <clears throat> all of a sudden I, I see something over here that attracts my attention and says in First John that the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life are the, two, are the three basic things that cause us to go into sin. And we just go that way with no concern about the consequences. And please understand, whether we like it, don't like it, Consequences to sins just like gravity. Whether you agree with it or not, whether or not you even believe that it exists, it does. That's why the writer of John also says it's important and imperative for us to confess our sins because that's how God, who is a righteous God, forgives us. That we come and say, I messed up. He wants us as his kids to do that. These are some of the things that we have to look at. One who bears false witness, who lies. That comes up again, which is kind of interesting. And one who spreads strife among the brethren. Two weeks ago, Sheila and I were in a public place. Some folks that we knew came over. We started chatting. I'm sorry, different story. Let me back up. Last week, I was in a public place. And this guy, I thought I knew him, but I didn't really know him. But he starts talking, I realize that I do. And then he starts telling me the woes of his church where he attends. And I got to tell you, I walked away with a broken heart. As he expressed dismay at all the conflict in their church. If that had been the first time in my life in ministry I'd heard that, it wouldn't have been so bad. But I've heard it all my life and all my ministry. But people in churches can't get along. That is horrifying. We did, and I hope you were here for the candlelight service. It was really, really sweet and special. And we left here with our understanding that we are the light of the world and we go and bring that light. But if we're fighting and fussing and feuding about anything and everything that comes along, I'm not talking about doctrine. number of years ago we left the Southern Baptist Convention we left it not because we were anti-Baptist we still have the same basic tenets but it was just the fact that 
there was all these meetings that we were attending that didn't seem to be accomplishing much and all this money that was being given that didn't seem to be getting to where it needed to go. And again, it wasn't necessarily anything wrong. This is where the system was set up and we made the choice to leave and become non-denominational as we are now. Do you know when we left, there were about 27 different varieties of Baptist? You know why there are that many Baptists in America? Because they couldn't get along. That's why. It, it happens all the time. And what, what this is saying, you better not be the one who's doing it. You don't be the one who's causing the conflict. You don't be the one who's spreading strife. So that's the Old Testament. Who knows, we might have somebody here today who says, you know, I don't live by the Old Testament, I just live by the New Testament. Well, we got a list in the New Testament too, just so you, we'll make sure everybody's accommodated, okay? The Apostle Paul, writing to the folks at Galatia, he says this, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident. How many are still here living in your flesh? Meaning we have fleshly bodies, okay? And while we're in these fleshly bodies, we are living with the capacity to do anything that's named here and even beyond that. Listen to what it says. And these, again, are categories. Which are these things of the flesh, which are evident. Immorality. Anybody here immoral in your thoughts? Impurity. Sensuality. Those are all sexual sins. One of the major denominations in our country right now is going through a division over sexual sin. That's unfathomable what is happening even as I speak. And churches are having to decide if they're going to stay in a denomination that approves of same-sex marriage or not. Idolatry, sorcery, false worship. What are we really worshiping? I'm going to be honest with you. Most of us, we have one idol of worship. And you know what it is, or should I say who it is? It's wah. It's wah. You do know who I is, right? It's me. I worship myself. We all have a propensity to worship ourselves. Because we want what we want. And at the end of this year, and I'm not asking for a New Year's resolution... But a 
decision. God, I've been trying to do this my way. I'm not going to do it my way. It goes on and says, enmity, strife, and jealousy. That's back to what the writer of Proverbs said. I, I always get amazed at the amount of jealousy within the church. We are blessed. God knows we're blessed with the amazing amount of talent here in every capacity. Music, speaking, ministry. It is phenomenal in my mind that God has chosen to provide for us as he has and he does. Why in the world would any of us be jealous of someone else and what they have or what they can do? Outbursts of anger. I've told you guys many times, I grew up in an angry family. I knew about anger a lot. And as a young man, I was an angry young man. Didn't know why, just was. Didn't take much, ticked me off, and I'd fly off. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit of God so absolutely changed my life from that. I believe in miracles because I am one. Disputes, dissensions, factions. Isn't it interesting that Paul's writing to the church now? He's not writing to the world. He's writing to the church. Says, this is the stuff that we have to be mindful of and pay attention to so that it does not happen. Envying, drunkenness, carousing, these things I'm forewarning you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, so you and I got drunk. Bleep. You're off God's list. That's not how this works. Not even close. One of the things that folks seem to appreciate here is the fact that we not just preach grace, but we show grace. That doesn't mean, as Paul says in Romans chapter 6, oh, more sin, more grace, let's do more sin. He also says in that same chapter, may it never be. That's not what we want. So this is, as we come to the end of this year of 2023, so what? Things have happened in this past year. We have gone through so many different things. Our world has as well, and we're watching our world change dramatically around us. And guess what? We're the ones that God has chosen to be used by him to say to these things that we've listed and many other things that he might speak to our hearts, the Holy Spirit would, that we say... Pressing on toward God, I put those things behind me. I'm going to move on toward God. I'm going to do it his way. I'm going to do it according to his will. In fact, just before that, it says in verse 16 in chapter 5 of Galatians, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit, excuse me, and the Spirit against the flesh. But you, because you're led by the Spirit. Now, I realize for some people that gets a little arbitrary. 
does it mean be led by the Spirit? It means that you spend time with God in prayer. You spend time with God in His Word. And you have the Holy Spirit creating within you a sensitivity that allows you to know what He's saying and pay attention. Some years ago, you guys know that I read and listen to Rick Renner. A few years ago, he and his family were planning a vacation to southern India for Christmas. And Rick said as they got closer and closer to the date of departure, he said something in his spirit said, Don't go. Don't go. He shared with his family, asked them to start praying. One of the sons who's in ministry with him said, Oh, come on, Dad, we, we, we need this vacation. We've all worked really hard. He said, but more and more, I had the impression of the Holy Spirit, don't go. He said, so we didn't go. 2004, the tsunami hit southern India, and thousands of people were killed, and they would have been staying right there on the coast had they gone. When Sheila and I were in Albuquerque, New Mexico, for the Faith Comes By Hearing Conference, one morning we were sitting with an airplane pilot and his wife, and he was telling us that as they had moved around, as they'd been transferred by their airline company, I want to say it was American Airlines, I'm not absolutely positive. He said, we were in the Northeast. They were getting ready to transfer us to another location. He said, I made an appointment with a real estate agent so I could fly, not piloting, but be on a flight and go to that city and meet with them to see about purchasing a home for my family. He said, I'm one of those guys, when I make a plan, I make it work. He said, but on September the 10th, something in my spirit. He said, I didn't call my wife, so I'm not sure what's happening, but I don't think I'm supposed to get on that plane tomorrow. On September the 11th. He said later, the next day, he was somewhere eating and he saw the news and he heard the flight number. He said, That was my plane that went into the World Trade Towers. We don't always have it quite that dramatic. That's true. But for me personally, I'll be awakened in the middle of the night and God has put somebody on my heart. She and I both have this all the time to pray for that person. Don't know why. Don't know what's going on. Just know I'm supposed to pray. My job, my responsibility is intercession to do that and do that well. Sometimes I feel impressed to tell them. Sometimes I don't. But there are so many ways the Spirit of God Maybe you're changing jobs. Maybe you're buying a home. Maybe you're planning a marriage. Or you're planning to end a marriage. And the Spirit of God is right there. He is so desiring. In fact, I mentioned to you guys previously before Christmas when I was asked by my daughter, what do you want for Christmas? I said, I want a black belt. I have a new black belt. (laughs) And you all know that any well-dressed gentleman can always use another vest. 
I have new vest. But I realized that I was actually asking God for something, not just for Christmas, but it was happening in my spirit. I didn't even realize it until, in fact, this morning. And here was here was my here was my request of God. That's been going. I don't know how long. It's been going a long time, but more emphatically recently. And this was this was the the request of God, Lord. Let me see things from your perspective. Now I have prayed that thousands of times. But as we're moving into this new year and as our world is moving into the season that it is, I so desperately want to be able to see things from God's perspective, to look at circumstances, to look at people and be able to see what God sees because I want to do what God wants to be done. And please, no, that's not because Steve's going to get it all perfect. I wish that I would. I wish that I could. But that's not the way it works, at least hasn't for me. God is still, after all these years, still training and teaching me and helping me. But forgetting what lies behind, it doesn't mean that those memories are all bad memories. It doesn't mean that 2023 was terrible for everybody. It wasn't. But I'm, I'm letting my focus be what God wants it to be. And my focus is on him, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, with that being said, I want to move to the scripture in Romans. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. You know, you... Maybe it's me. I can't read the Bible and not ask the question as I read from Genesis to Revelations. Why, God? Why did you even bother to make us? I mean, really. And the answer is that God was so desiring fellowship and worship that that's why he made us. And Paul says to the folks in Rome and to us today, as the Holy Spirit is here, that as we present our bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, and that is our spiritual service of worship. When I come and say, God, here I am. Use me, do with me, do in me, whatever you want to do, that's my worship. And there's always this danger that Paul immediately addressed. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. That's me. That's you. That's who he's talking about. That as we come and say, Lord, here I am, use me, putting those things behind me, focusing now on Christ, allowing the Spirit of God to work in me and work through me and lead me and direct me and guide me. My life becomes the perfect will of God that others so desperately need to see. Because we live in a very hurting, hurtful world. And there is such a need, such a need. 
for through the grace given to me, this is Paul, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. You get that? He's talking to each of us specifically. That he has given to each of us a measure, the measure of faith. Hebrew writer says he is the author and perfecter of our faith. And we celebrate that. We should be shouting him from the mountaintops. This is who my God is. This is who my Christ is. As I move into 2024, now what is him? Now what is his will, his way? His heart, his desire. Does that mean that we have to lay all our stuff aside? No, it means let's let him be the one who directs us to have it and to live it. So he gets the glory and the praise. Because that's what makes the difference. That's the calling of God upon our lives today as we put 2023 behind us and 2024 in front of us. Starting next week, we're starting another message series on Christ in chaos, Christ in the chaos, because our world is becoming more and more chaotic. And our heart is that as we share the truth of God's word, that each of us will be helped in that process. And the Holy Spirit will take that time and help us so that each of us, as we go out, wherever we are, that we truly are the light that God says we are. And we share that light and yield that light and give that light to others because they're living in darkness and they're living in pain and they're living in such destitute conditions. And guess what they need? They need what we have. And what do we have? We have Jesus. Would you stand as we pray? Father, I don't know what you've led each person here today to lay down and leave behind. But I do know that you are because you are God. And you're supreme and you're sovereign. And I don't know what you have for each of us for this new year, 2024. But oh God, with great expectation and anticipation, we step into your new year to be used as you see fit. To be living as living sacrifices be offering our lives to you as true spiritual worship oh God thank you for your help thank you for your way thank you Jesus not just coming as a baby but going to the cross and rising from the grave thank you Holy Spirit for filling us manifesting all your fruit, all your gifts in all of our lives. That miracle of miracles of our lives, not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by you and by your word. And we pray this in your precious, precious name. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.